Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, some kind of star thing. Woo! That sounds right. Oh, wait. Sure. We are here on episode 164. Woo! Yay! Yay! Hot diggity dog. As usual, I'm still fucking sick. Uh, this is Ames. This is Caitlin. I'm James. This is Chris. As you'll probably hear, there's still lack of Jake this week as well, because the sickness fucking sucks. Nope, I'm here. Oh, good, Jake's here. He's fine. Hello. Yes, yep. Jake Jake is ill. He wasn't sold piece by piece by Rossi to organ harvesters. I'm your Jake. Now. That's what happens when the Ferengi die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Ferengi doing shit, Star Trek. Like you do. We are doing two more DS9 episodes this week, like Ooh. we tend to do sometimes. Uh, those episodes are Profit and Loss and Blood Oath. This is a fun fucking week, guys. I like this week. Yeah, it's good. Better be. than the last week. Oh, yes. talk about profit and loss so here we are hanging out on ds9 doing the thing all of a sudden this cardassian ship is coming in hot and they're like oh fuck this cardassian ship looks like it's been some kind some kind of battle thing or something uh let's let's be let's beam, beam them over and make sure they're gonna survive because they're gonna fucking blow up any second now they beam over the cardassians who are on this ship we meet professor natima lang and her two students Recklin and Hogue, and we learn very quickly as, you know, they're, they're going to get their ship fixed up, and they said, okay, in the meantime, let's go hang out at Quark's, because Quark is the former lover of Natima Lang. Woo! Fucking hot. Jesus fucking Christ, this was a hot episode. <laughs> it was hot. I, I was super into it. Me too. So Quark comes out and says, Natima, my love, I missed you, and she slaps him in the face, and you're, and you're like, yeah, that tracks. Yep. <laughs> She's like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore, Quark, I'm done with you. And he's like, but, but, okay. Uh, and then they're, you know, he convinces them to come back, have a drink, and they're having a drink, and all of a sudden, Garrick walks by, and Natima and her students are like, uh-oh, you, there's another Cardassian here on Deep Space Nine? That's not good, because we're hiding from Cardassians, because, dun-dun-dun, we're actually, like, terrorists or something. Eh. Eh. They're, they're, we learn that they're, the, these two students are opposed to the militaristic government of the Cardassians, and they're looking to find ways to change that. But, obviously, the militaristic government of Cardassia is very opposed to that and mm. wants them very dead. Super Strangely dead. enough. The deadest. Quark is just trying to get his lady friend back, and she's not into it for any of it, until he says, well, maybe I can get you guys off the station, because I have this, this cloaking device that Odo was giving me guff about that... Me saying that I didn't have, but I totally do. Whoops. I'll let you guys have the cloaking device, get the fuck out of here, and escape if you convince Natima to stay with me because I want her to be safe and also be my fuck buddy again, please. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll help you out because we need to get the fuck out of here or we're going to get fucking killed. Meanwhile, Gull Toran, a rival of Garrick, meets up with Garrick to say, so, those Cardassians that are over there right now, we need you... To fucking assassinate them, please. Uh, we won't accept anything less than total assassination. <laughs> and then we'll accept you back on Cardassia. And Garrick's like, ooh, I want that. I would love to go home again, please. So I'll do it. And he's like, okay, cool. 
So meanwhile, Quark has, you know, talked talk with a lady friend for a while. She's like, I don't want to stay with you, though, Quark. I'm not into this. In fact, I've got this gun machine, and if you don't just give me the fucking cloaking device and I can leave with my students, I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, no, you won't. And she's like, yeah, I will. And she does. And she's like, whoops, I didn't actually mean to. I'm so sorry, Quark. I fucking love you. Aww. <laughs> so fucking cute. And she agrees, okay, I'll stay with you then, Quark. It'll be all okay. But then Odo comes in and everyone's under arrest. Why? The fuck, Odo? Damn it, Odo, you fucking twerp. So Odo arrests everybody because the Brajoran provisional government had said, yes, we'll give them over to Cardassia because they're going to give us some more Bajoran prisoners. There's still Bajoran prisoners, guys. What the fuck? Damn it, Cardassia, stop hiding prisoners from us. But Quark goes and appeals to Odo because the two of them are such fucking buddies. And Quark gives like 85 fucking reasons why Odo should help him. And Odo agrees to help him because of justice. Because Odo. So Odo goes and he releases Natira and the, and the, uh, nah, Natira's, Bones' girlfriend. Natima. Mm. It's confusing. I can see why you get them mixed up, though. They're both fucking hot! And they're both fucking hotties. And, uh, so Odo releases them. We're going off to their, to their ship, which is ready to go now. They've got the cloaking device ready. They're about to step on when, oh no, Garrick is in the way! And he's got several fucking guns! What the fuck, Garrick?! And Garrick's like, up, oh, I gotta kill all of you, including Quark, which is a shame because I wouldn't, wouldn't want to mess up such a great suit. <laughs> oh my Dang. god, and as a side note, his suit in this episode were fucking amazing, was Quark? a seriously Quark fucking awesome. Quark looked fucking great. He always looks great, but especially great this time. Yeah, this was a great suit this week. So Garrick's like, well, I'm sorry I gotta kill everybody. This, this thing, high thing happens. <laughs> and he's dithering and he's dithering and Quark is, you know, pleading for everyone's lives. He's like, yeah, I don't know, kill the students. I don't care about them. Kill the students. Let me and Natima go. We'll be fine. And Natima's like, Quark! You can't do that! There's no, there's no more resistance without them. Eh, whatever. Uh, but then, Gold Terrain jumps back in and says, Garrick, I knew you wouldn't be able to do it yourself because you're a pushover, and I wasn't actually going to let you back on Cardassia because why would I do that? Fuck you. Uh, and he takes Garrick's gun. I think that's exactly what he said. Basically. But Garrick says, but I've got all these 12 other guns and kills Torin anyway. Well, he, said um, he disarmed Quark, so he said Quark's gun. Oh, is that where that came from? Yeah. I was oh. wondering about that, too. Yeah, if you look, yeah, Quark had been pointing a gun at Garrick, and then Garrick just took it. Cause, oh, you know. and Torin miscounted the guns. Yes. He didn't know that Garrick Got had uh, grabbed the second two, one. One plus two plus two plus one. Yeah, so Garrick kills the fuck out of Toran and says, all right, well, since I can't go back to Cardassia anyway, I guess I'll let you guys be free. And they're like, yay, Garrick is our hero, even though he nearly was about to kill us. Yeah. Okay. I... I Jake has thoughts, I'll tell you later. I think it was Garrick's plan, but... That's what Jake... Yeah. Jake Jake thinks this was Garrick's plan all along. Well, even if it was, though, it seemed pretty certain that he was going to kill them for a minute. Even if it was his plan, oh, yeah, I would yeah. never trust him again. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, you should if you trusted <laughs> you him in the first place, that was your him. mistake. I mean, here's the thing. Well, but they do, right? They let him stay. They're all just kind of like, we don't really get him. He's like a man of mystery. <laughs> Garrick is somehow still the most trustworthy Cardassian ever. Because you know not to trust him. Right. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, all the other Cardassians are like, no, we're trustworthy. And You're like, like, no, we're not. Never trust me. No. Anything I say, don't believe like, it. Like, Garrick is constantly lying, but also pointing you in the right direction via his lies. It's insane. Yeah, he is very, he is incredibly fascinating. The, like, 
Are, are we good to talk about stuff? Or yeah, we're, we're good. Okay. Oh, and the, the, the only thing that help, happens at the end is Natima leaves without staying with Quark, and everyone yeah. has a sad about oh, that. Oh, it's a real bummer. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a Casablanca moment. The original title of the episode was going to be here's, here's Looking at You. And then, like, and then they're like, oh no, legal purposes. Shit. No, don't do that. That's stupid. They should be able to call I it mean, that. I think they probably could actually call it that. The thing but, is, it's um, also, it's a little too on the nose and gives it away. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've still never seen Casablanca. Oh my god, it's even, so Even good. though D gave us all that guff back when we watched We'll Always Have Paris. <laughs> Yo, it's so good though. I mean, just for yourself, you should see I, it. It's, one of these it's days. Not, it's not you gotta, because, you like, gotta watch that, and then you have to watch Overdrawn of the Memory Bank. No, you don't Overdrawn have Memory to Bank. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Garrick. Um, oh yeah, no, the, the, the scene with Garrick and Quark oh, discussing so quote-unquote suits... Mm. <laughs> Was yes, really, discussing suits really with, it, with it being but very clear they, they weren't talking about suits yeah, at all. Not at all. Yeah, the, no. the whole time was just being like, wow, your friend's clothing sure is radical. <laughs> like, <laughs> would be like, a shame if someone ripped the seams! Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, God. like sometimes people who wear clothes like that go out of fashion. It was really cool. I liked it. The two most dishonest people on the station having a conversation. It's amazing. It's very yeah. cute. They're so well-dressed. Yep. Yeah, no, that was just such a good, fun little yeah, discussion that, oh. where, you know, it's like the entire time you could never, you could never point to anything Garrick said that was not innocent, technically. I, like, there was a point I read somewhere, I want to say probably on Memory Alpha or something, where Garrick accidentally told the truth at one point, <gasps> which was when he, when I think he was talking with Bashir and having his, having one of his flirt talks with Bashir about how I'm an exile and a, and an ex-spy or something like that. What, what was it? I, I, was, so, I never no, admitted to No, either. so he says, it, you know, so it's like, so Bashir says, so what are you? Are you an exile or are you a spy? And he's like, I could be an exile spy. But he, does, he doesn't say, I am an exile. He said, <laughs> I could be. Is that what he says? That's yeah, he, he never probably. he never fully, like, he says exactly, he's an exiled spy. Like, that is what he is, but he never says it. He says, it's like, well, I could yeah, be Yeah, and, an and then Julian's spy. like, no, you can't be both How things. How could you be both? That doesn't make that's sense. That's not a thing. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Come that's, over that's, here, you. And then later, just very, he is an exiled spy, but he, even in the conversation where he says those words, he's not admitting it. No. So fucking cute. Yeah. He he and Julian just with their flirt talks together. Just yeah. fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I really liked that we discovered that there is a Cardassian neck version of Umox. Oh my, yeah. I mean, like, we not, just... it's not explicitly called that, but it definitely looked like when uh, when Cork was given his lady the rub. And she was given him the, the Umox. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is pornographic. They should right. be blurring that's, all of that's this. That's your goodbye, is you just, just give him a good stroke, and then you walk away. Oh, it was, early, it was early in that, though. There yeah. was the scene where he's in their quarters, and that's where he's, yeah. like, fondling her neck, neck ridges. ridge, and she's going for his ear. And... Yeah, she had such a small head compared to the neck. Yeah, mm. I actually noticed mm. that, too. It's like, it looks really good on... Uh, Ducat. Ducat looks but on great. her, it just looks Always. super awkward, and it's not her fault. It's just because you know who that, you know who that was. I don't. That I don't is have any clue. that is uh, Mary Crosby, the daughter of Bing Crosby and uh, Denise Crosby's aunt. Oh no! Shit! Wow. Apparently, she was big in Dallas or some shit. Oh, the TV show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for a second, I thought you meant yeah. the city. I was like, wow, really. <laughs> Neat. Dallas just likes her. I yeah, know. they do. She's, she's huge. It's like how uh, Hasselhoff's big in Germany, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like her, I, I feel like her and Quark's chemistry 
was mostly one-sided just because Armin Shimmerman is just so fucking charismatic and she was such a tiny-headed Cardassian. Well, it was a also... tiny-headed, big-necked Cardi. It was difficult because she also had to, like, spend most of the episode acting like she wasn't still into him. Mm. So that's yeah. kind of hard to work she with. Super was. Everyone would be. Oh man, we saw the return of the uh, Sumerian sunset. We did. I love it. That was nice. And I love I love the comment of, oh, I don't drink those anymore because they remind me of you. And he's like, well, I'm already I'm here. Right here. Yeah. It's a big... pretty good argument. <laughs> yeah. Drink the drink. You're looking at me anyway. God, no one finishes their fucking drinks this episode. That would nope. be crazy. Mm, and just like, and just Troy like never soup. got her chocolate. God damn it. I just want to say that I am, like, the notes I have are actually the notes a friend wrote up and I just stole them. <laughs> and I may or may not have asked permission for that because I, I couldn't write my own notes at the time. Why would you and write, what, what were you doing that you weren't writing your own notes? I, just, I wasn't at my computer, I was watching on my phone. Ah. But one of the quotes is, Quark has a butt on the front of his head. <laughs> and <laughs> have they not seen Star Trek before? No, they've every every episode I've watched they've joined me with. Um, in, so they in know full well. Them. Oh yeah, no. So there might have been maybe like so that's why I wanted to bring it up because like just very specifically like it was enough to be commented on. So maybe hmm. it looked more like a butt than usual. I think compared to Natima's head. Yeah. Because I think that's one one of the reasons why I was like so distracted by the whole makeup shape that they gave her. Yeah. Because they made her neck look enormous. It yeah. was really, uh, really It looked big. like it did not go with the rest of her. It, well, it, it, it her was, head looked really small, it but it's like, also compared to him, because, you know, the Ferengi has the extra kind of bulbous bullshit on the back. The butt. Yeah. The head butt. The head butt. I also head just kind of wonder if they just, like, didn't feel like spending money to get a new prosthetic so they just used Gal Ducat's and were like, well, it doesn't look right, but we're on a budget. They might have. That, that actually... No, I don't think you can, I don't think you can reuse widgets like that. Well, they would look, it, they would look weird. No, and, but... I, and, and I know Ducat's widgets and those aren't his widgets. No, no, I didn't, no, I don't think they'd be Ducat's, but they probably have like, you know, Some stock extras, ridges. You know, Maybe. Like, it's like, these are what we use for other people. I, I was honestly distracted by the fact that apparently Cardassian women and maybe the men too, but there's an additional spoon down by like the sternum. I feel like we oh, don't yeah. usually see the, their chest. Right, we don't. Because like, they wear those big fucking honking. Yeah, like every chest time. Covers. Yeah, like the, the military uniforms cover right up to the base of the neck. Garrick always has a suit that, you know, goes all this. I, I think this is the first time we've seen like a Cardassian woman in casual wear. Cardassian mm, cleavage. Yes. But I was just like, oh, there's another spoon. Are there more? Like, do they have them, like, I don't know, on All their knees? All the way down. Maybe their ankles have little spoons. All I don't down. understand what is meant by spoons. The, the, What's the spoon impression? Oh. Yeah, kind That's of like the little oh, divot. The circle like, in the middle the of the are we forehead. About? But she also had one down by, like, her sternum. Yes, Has, I did notice that. I just would never have thought to call it a spoon. Has the Cardassian slur been used in the show yet? By us, I don't know it's been yeah. done. Um, oh, spoonhead. Spoonhead. Yeah, That's I why they're why yeah. It's, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I don't know that. if that showed up in the show or not. I yet. don't. Yeah, no, I think. Oh no, no. actually, I don't think so. Because I remember us. we've called. I've heard Cardi's because yeah. of mm. O'Brien being a huge racist. But I think when you first said spoonhead, I had no fucking idea what you were talking about. And I think that's because we haven't seen it. Hmm. Yeah, I yes. think I think that's another Miles. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Mm. So we learn, I believe, that the way that Quark and, and his lady fell out or something, something happened because he was giving aid to the Bajorans. 
or some shit. Yeah, that's why. That's no, why she, she liked. Him. She liked that. That's why he, she, oh, she, she, she stole. She st- he stole money from her office using her password, basically. Yeah, it was from like yeah. He stole from like the Cardassian government, basically. I think. Oh but, wow! But he used her credentials to do it. And that's how she fell in love with him. No, that's no, why she was. Mad. Oh, damn he was, it, no, he was he was against against probably a blockade or something. He was selling food to the Bajorans. Yeah. but I also like that. Probably he just was, because he, he wanted was the product. selling it, selling not just them giving food. It to he them. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't getting them food. He was selling it to them. Now, being fair though, that's still a pretty big risk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when yeah. you look at the like the the return against investment or whatever the like that, that was still he. There probably would have been easier ways to make profit. Yeah. Like it is kind of surprising he did that. I'm like, wait, what? There, there was um, this you was were so brave. This was on Memory Alpha. There was a comment where uh, Bear, I read Stephen Bear. Yeah. He he didn't actually like he didn't like that aspect of it where oh like, yeah I Quark, about Quark being heroic yeah like he, he would have preferred Quark to have just not been heroic yeah he but... said I would have preferred him to be more like a Woody Allen character yeah uh, I no, wasn't necessarily sure I th- I think what they wanted to do was <laughs> have him start as bad as normal and then grow into being a hero through the episode like he does something heroic yeah but or like you know at least have him do something heroic at the end of the episode whereas at the beginning of the episode he was just regular quark instead of retroactively adding this assisting the resistance yeah it's like looking back on when we did rules of acquisition the one where with uh with pell and how quark kind of stands up for pell a little bit but doesn't really go the whole way and thinking that pell should you know continue to present as a clothed female or anything yeah Mm. It's like, you know, you want Quark to have the baby sex, but I also I also really liked him in this because you felt like, oh, he actually had feelings for, for this woman before, yeah. and that's something that I think could drive his character. Like, he he says at some point, I think he says um, he was, he, he'll sell something to, to them and the students. He's like, oh, no, no, on the house. And they're like, yeah. really? He's like, yes. <laughs> Oh, that feels so weird to say. <laughs> well, was, yeah, the, it was the cloaking device, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of, when he was admitting them he had it, you know, he, like, hits the table, does all this stuff. I thought it would be kind of funny if Odo actually was there, but was the second cup of whatever. Because yeah, he only not, stuck his finger yeah. in one. There's not a good way to find Odo when Ooh. Odo's playing hide-and-seek with you. Yeah. Because even if you do pound the table, what's is he going to pop out? No, he's, he can still be a table. Be like, he might go... Maybe, maybe, maybe he can tell the difference in the texture. Maybe he knows, like, wait a minute. Nope, nope, oh no. I know it's you. Could be. I know you think I have a cloaking device. I totally do. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Odo Shit. Can, Odo can just be the fucking wall, man. Fucking Odo. That was that was a crazy thing in this episode, actually, though. Odo just being like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's break him out. This is dumb. This is some bullshit. It's like, what I where was the conversation later? You know, they get away and you know, like, so you know, it's like, so uh Odo, how did they break out exactly? Justice. Just, there's a lot of things in this episode that you Someone should be getting in trouble for. I know, because yeah. now those Bajoran prisoners aren't going to be released. The Bajoran prisoners don't get released because there's no way the Cardassians released them first thinking they would get they, them released. No, they might have. They would have done it and that they even exist in the True. first place. Yeah. Um, also, a Cardassian gull up and disappeared after visiting Deep Space Nine. He was, he, like, the, That's a gull true. was incinerated on the ship and, like, it's just kind of like, eh, it's fine. 
No biggie. Maybe like they maybe they blame the revolutionaries for killing him. They could oh, they probably may, do. They could maybe do that. They're gonna get more murdered now. Yeah, yeah that like, just props up their case against them. Really. Right now they're now they're super violent. Well, except <laughs> except you know that Garrick must have had to do some kind of running around because it was like as far as central command was you know new like. He was going to go kill those people. So, so I don't, I don't think we fully discussed this part of it. When the Cardassians showed up, Garrick did report them oh, to Central Command. Like absolutely, yeah, oh, did. right away. Yeah, yeah. so just important. He's such a little brown noser because he wants to go home. So yeah, bad. he, yeah, he wants to go home, and he thought he like, oh, to, I found, you know, it's like I found these people. But. He said it to Bashir at the beginning of the episode. He'll always choose the state. Yeah, that's true. Well, it also sounds like they were calling them terrorists. So, like, I mean, I know that could just be sort of propaganda, but, like, what is the I assume possibility that they may have actually killed or injured people? No, I assume their, they're just cause? giving talks that the government doesn't like. No, yeah. fair enough. Well, then that's bullshit. But that sounds exactly like Cardassia, so. Yeah. But, yeah, so either way, so he's been in touch with Central Command. They send this gull to, like, be his handler. Yeah. Like, surely they're going to go, like, all right, she got away. Our gull is missing. But Garrick's still alive. Like, they had to call him and go, like, what the fuck? And he had to, you know. Like, what? I was late. I was making a suit. I was busy banging Bashir. Sorry, Where's the gull? (laughs) Ka! Gull gull just sounds too much like gull. Yeah. Every time. We're like, yeah, they they had to, a gull disappeared. Where's the gull? They needed to get the gull over there to help him with some french fries. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm fucking a little bit woo today, obviously. You got your Jake's disease? That's what it is. Yeah, there there definitely had to be a lot of, like, weird. So, like, Garrick had to deal with the central command. Mm -hmm. Odo had to explain how the prisoners got away. Like... It's just all kinds of stuff going on. And Lucy's got see. some splaining to do. And Leon is getting larger. larger. <laughs> what the fuck is that from? Airplane. Airplane. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that last week. Why? Uh, the old, Airplane? The old dude who made the hol- holo village yeah. was an airplane. Was he? Was he? Yeah. What did he do? He was like one of the many like people like at the airport. Uh, the, his sort of the, the, the part he's probably best remembered for is when he's on the phone. He's like... Yes, he's he's a menace to everything in the air, including birds or something to that effect, <laughs> including gulls. Yes, yeah. See, it's yeah, all full yes. circle. <laughs> I love it. I don't just like it. They they really did like there was especially the scene where there were Quark and um, not Natira. What's her name? Natima. Natima. We're both gonna do that now. Natima when she finally admits it and they're just together on the floor in the room and it really well. I was like, wow, this is just they are just going full Casablanca at this point. This is amazing. I liked those parts. I didn't like Quark pursuing her. No, because he was a creepy phantom of the opera. It was awful. About yeah. yeah, he's like he con- he, he, he's like. Well, you either spend my your literally. It's the end of the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. So do you end your days with me, or do I literally send you to fucking die in Cardassia? Bye. Yeah. It was and like, so he, fucked he up. He bought her. Basically, oh, yeah. from her, like, for the, sure. Like, yeah. So there was like the students that were like revolutionaries under her tutelage. Not revolutionary enough that they weren't willing to fucking sell her to right. a fucking. And, and Quark was like, hey, if, if Natima stays here, I will give you this cloaking device so you can escape. And they're like, deal. They were totally yeah. okay with We yeah. would like to escape. They self justified it a little bit, being like, well, you know, Cardassia is not after her. They're yeah, only after she, us. Should, she should survive. 
But at the same time, you shouldn't drag her into this. The, like the deal was explicitly, give me the girl, I'll give you a means to escape. Yuck! And that's awful. Yuck! And the problem is, is half the episode is Quark being like that. Yeah. When, to, oh, to yeah, for sure. Like when it, until when it, she's into it, it's it, right. even then it's still a little like when she gets into it, it's colored by the fact that they spent so long with him pursuing her in that yeah. way. Hmm. But the per like if they had removed the pursuing part. And found a different way to go about that. It would have worked really, really well. well if it, if it was about pursuing her and more like, I would like to help you because I'd like you to not die. Right. That'd be great. Yeah, but but there's also like, you know, this is another note from my friend. Mentions that like the, the conversation at the end where she basically says, I want to stay, but I can't mm-hmm. because I have this responsibility. Like, I need to continue to fight for Cardassia because there are people who want Cardassia to not be a militaristic shithole and like her giving up her happiness in order to fight a just fight would have been you know it's like that's that's a pretty moving concept an idea and it could have been explored better if they had like kind of not had as much quark being a creep i think you're right but it's also how quark would go about it I mean, yeah, but they just like it's still it's just such an ugly look. Oh, and it it's is. Like it is women being pursued. Yeah, is... I happen to know just because I read the synopsis first that I knew that she was actually going to be really into him and reveal her love and blah blah blah. So yeah. I, I was less flavored with the quark. She said no. It was like I know she's going to to actually reveal to be interested. Yeah, right. that, that was the thing. Is like I went in being like. It was kind of surprising. Oh, she actually is into him. This yeah. is weird now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like if he had stopped after she said no the first time, and then they they could have they could have found other ways to play and dance with those yeah. those ideas that you know. Well, there or is she could have started pursuing him. Like it didn't have to be him just doggedly being like, literally chasing eventually, her around. A eventually, room. she literally could have just been like, "Okay, it's all been an act. I'm totally in love with you." But no, and they had to make it creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I was really turned off by that. Yeah. I mean, I still loved the episode, and I loved their love, and I loved right. everything about it, but yeah, definitely while watching it, I was just kind of like, ooh. Yeah, no, I wish I wish they had been able to spend more time exploring them as a relationship, and like, you know, it's like... Less see, time like, exploring Quark as a creep. Exactly. Because it's, it's a really interesting idea, like the kind of person that would fall in love with Quark, because they're probably super damaged. <laughs> I'm staring at Ames right now, Why? you can't tell, because it's a My podcast. super damaged? No, I'm kidding. I'm so sorry. I'm super damaged. <laughs> You're not super damaged. Was wow, James. It was a bad is... joke. I'm sorry. We invite, well, we invite James back. on the podcast, and what does he do? No, no let's I'm not... not James. I'm James. Let's, let's I'm not James. forget, though. There could be another angle, and that is the fact that Ferengi are huge. Size doesn't mean everything. No, I know, but maybe she's into that. Maybe. She's a size queen. She I don't has understand. a big vagina. <laughs> oh, no. No. Uh, small... <laughs> I just wanted to bring up that very uncomfortable <sighs> fact that Gene Roddenberry came up with, because what the fuck, Gene? Wait, what? Oh, What are you talking right. about? That was actually one of the original concepts. He wanted the idea to be that, like, Ferengi were fucking huge. Okay. Like, their penises? Yes. Yeah. Like, even though they're short little aliens, they've got ridiculous hogs. Yeah, there wasn't a scene. Because Roddenberry couldn't not sexualize everything. There was a scene, I forget where... Yes. ...of a Ferengi, like, making a gesture of how big it is, and a girl being like, Jesus fucking God, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, Roddenberry had problems. Ugh. Speaking of damaged well, people. No, we are I'm gonna... this big. Oh, that's too much. Wait, <laughs> way too much. I'm way go, too much. go throw up right now. Too... Whoa. Oh, that's like four inches of danger. <laughs> 
There's your title, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Yikes. Turned weird. I, you know, it's like this ep- that Like, I honestly, like, when you started saying that, I was like, Chris, why are you trying to make his creepy behavior okay with, like, this really weird non-sequitur about his dick being huge? But that's when I thought you were making it up. No. Now I'm just like, what the fuck, Gene? Yeah, no, no. Like I said, he could not... The man couldn't <coughs> not sexualize things. Just I'm always thinking about other people's genitals. <laughs> that's, like, it's, it's Gene Roddenberry's Avengers moment. That's my secret. I'm always <laughs> I'm thinking always about thinking wangs. about genitals. <laughs> The horny Hulk. Oh no! Sorry, someone, Def- someone say something before I keep that's, talking. That's definitely a porn somewhere, and it's I hate it, and it's awful. So is there anything? Oh, hey, else is there another episode, episode we could talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's talk for like a hot done. second about how Quark hearts Odo, but Odo yes. hearts Justice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there there actually was scene. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so you just did it for Justice? That means you didn't do it for me, and I don't know your shit. Woo-hoo! That was amazing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> He I'll hugs him. I'll let you know every single <laughs> lying, scheming, horrible, horrible thing my brother Rom has done. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it so much. Yeah. Odo's that... like, mm, no deal. I like that he was... Well, uh... Odo had that huge smile on his face the whole time being like, ah, yeah? you're gonna give yeah? me that. It's like, no, it's Rom's. It's like, screw it. I, I did enjoy that he was reading uh, Mickey Spillane, a Mike Hammer novel. Mm. Uh, that the chief planned him. So he's like, he's really going to double down on this noir detective thing now. Oh, yeah. But oh, also, yeah. appropriately enough, apparently <laughs> the novel was I, the Jury. Is that an actual novel? Yes, it is, in fact, the first Mike Hammer novel. Um, no, but I just think the, the title is appropriate because, of course, then he's like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I'm letting these people go. Yeah. Which is not his job as the constable to make make legal decisions. Apparently, he's making it part of the deal. Yep. Man, yeah, no, that whole scene was great. Uh, Quark... Basically, finally admitting, like, yeah, we're friends, effectively. Do it for me, your buddy. No. You'd be bored if I wasn't here. Do it for your good pal, Quark. <laughs> and when he hugs him, he just let go of me. One the one last thing I, I have that I think was kind of interesting. So this is probably what Jake was talking about. with like. So at the very end, when, mm. when Garrick stops them from leaving, mm. and basically says, like, so, Central Command told me I'm supposed to kill you, and then Gull, what's-his-face, shows up, and is like, you know, it's like, I was here, I'm here to check up, check up on you, Garrick. So, the Make reason... Make sure you do the killing. The reason I think that this was all a plan on Garrick's side to actually help them out, ultimately, mm. is because the Gull guy specifically says, like, oh, Garrick, I thought you were more clever than this. Yeah. Like, and so I think I think that's kind of essentially pointing out that, like, yeah, you're right. This would be a really goofy thing for Garrick to do. Why did he do it then? Yeah. Like and I think it's... Sing. Yeah, it's like, I, think it, I think it is genuinely because that Garrick basically needed this to happen in order for them to escape. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if he was expecting the revolutionaries to get, like, caught right away or, or something like that. I'm not, totally, I'm not totally sure. Like, there's a few I things that know. feel a little contradictory. Yeah, I know Jake has said, but, when I basically said, like, damn, Garrick was going to kill those people. That's upsetting. And Jake said, like, um, I'll have to speak for Jake yeah. as he is upstairs napping. He says, like, no, no, Garrick would have known that, what's his name, Toran? Yeah, that Toran yeah. was there. And he put up this axe yep. so that Toran would come out and, and do the thing. And then Garrick could not be a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Because Garrick certainly knew not to yeah. trust Toran. Right. Toran's a Toran's a monster. E- exactly. And so that's why I think that this was this was his ultimate goal. And he mentions like what was the the line? There was a specific line where he was like, you know, I I believe in Cardassia or something like that, you know. Like yeah. there there was there was one line at the very end, mm. essentially. And it's him like essentially being like, no, under military rule, things have gone really bad for Cardassia. Like, this is not okay. Hmm. Like, Garrick is not a good person. But, and he will totally kill people who get in his way and, like, all this stuff. He is he is a bad person. But he might still genuinely believe that civilian rule would be better in the long run for Cardassia. And he's willing to be his shifty spy, kind of a monster self, in order to help that along if it if he thinks that it will help. I mean... You know? Like, yeah. he, he will betray the values of the society he thinks would be better suited to run Cardassia. I think what it comes down to is, like, I think he wishes the state functioned as it should, hmm. and it doesn't. So he will reluctantly, like... Because, yeah, we, when we see him playing around, like, the last time we saw him, it was in getting involved with this whole, like power play that uh Ducat was trying to do against one of the few sort of really powerful civilian members of government so yeah like i don't know if he's totally on board with the civilian government thing but at the very least he's trying to maybe maintain get some sort of balance in place because something yeah. has gone wrong yeah yeah it's just like it, it just that i really wish i could remember the line it would help a lot but but it was it just it felt less like I will go with the state and more like, I want what's best for the planet. Yeah. You know, I think he preferred be the state, but, but the writing's they've on been, the wall. Yeah. It's like they've been running the, they've been running their empire into the ground. Yeah. You know? Like he, you know, again, he, he, he sees what's happening. Well, fuck. It's like, he's not a true believer, but he knows that what he has believed in just isn't there. Yeah. So he's got to figure something out. Here's a question. Why does Garrick stock Cardassian fashion on Deep Space Nine when they don't really get Cardassians to come to the station? Oh, he Probably replicated exotic. it that morning in order to show it off. To, in order to, no, in order to yeah. show it off to Quark because he needed Quark to come in and he needed something to talk to him about so that he could tell him what he was really thinking. He could make thinly like, veiled Yeah, hints. literally the only reason he had a piece of Cardassian clothes was because he knew Quark was going to show up and then he could talk to him about it. That's fucking I would, I would buy that. I, I, would gar- love I guarantee that. it. I love that. I just sort of prefer to think that he's really proud of the heritage of his, of his world and he possible. wants to introduce people yeah. to the beauty and finery of Cardassian. It really that's, shows up your neck ridges. Actually, I mean, uh, I I agree with that too, though. I think that's a great point. <coughs> I just, he likes Cardassian fashion and wants to see non-Cardassians wearing it. It's funny because he, you know, he's mentioned it shows off your chest spoon. <laughs> what you don't have one of those? Quark hasn't been there before, but there is what is clearly just one of Quark's spare costumes on a hanger in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so he also makes Ferengi suits. I don't understand how he couldn't be a. a I like. Who else is making Quark's amazing suits? I mean, he's probably yeah. just on them all for years. Fine, but I would rather think that it's Garrick, and I don't understand why they would it's pretend otherwise. It's Garrick from now on. Oh, yeah. yeah totally. Oh, it's definitely Garrick from now on, for sure. Um, one last thing, and then I'll shut up, I swear. I really, I, I still really like how the set is designed, where they have the promenade, and it's essentially like a real location, because mm. like, you know, there's the bar, and then literally across the way, there's like Odo's office, and like, you, you know, it's like a short section of a hallway, and, and those kinds of things. Because at the very beginning, when Quark sees Natima, mm-hmm. 
like he like jumps around the bar, like yeah. chases her down, and like it's it's a very like like a very physically dynamic moment which you don't normally get on like star trek sets yeah because usually they're just like a room and so there's really not all that much space for them to do anything in and this is like you know literally like you like basically sees her from across the way like you know it's like hands out or something like runs off runs around like gets in front of her several counters yeah and so like limbo under a stick it's like the end of ferris bueller where he's running through people's backyards to get Mm. back to the house before he can get caught right yeah it's it's you know so it's it's really nice seeing them have a set where they can do stuff like that and be willing to you know it's like put the time into it instead of just set up a camera i want here. somebody yeah. to put that music behind it the, oh well, he's like <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but yeah you're right that was cool i liked that i liked it too do we want to talk about another episode, guys? Yes, oh, we and do. And, it's another, another and it's another good one, too. This was a very good week. Oh this gosh. one's a fun week. This week, we're also talking about Blood Oath. Finally, a Jadzia episode <laughs> that shows you what she's like as a person. God damn it. Anyway, here we are in Blood Oath. We start off, Cork is pissed that this Klingon, Kor... Whom we've met before! Holy Ooh. shit! Back in TOS times. Yeah. Is hanging out in his holodeck. Re, re, um, what word am I looking for? Repeating? No. Oh, replaying? Yeah, replaying. LARPing. LARPing. Re-LARPing. Yeah. This particular Klingon battle thing until he gets it right. And Klingon, and, uh, and Quark was like, that Klingon has been in here all fucking day. And he's threatened to kill me if I shut it, out, shut it down. And Odo, please help. <laughs> and Odo convinces Kork to leave. And then Koloth, who we've also met before. Who we love. In TOS. Uh, he comes to pick up Kork and be like, oh, my, I'm here to pick up my buddy from the drunk tank at, at security. <laughs> ah. He looks too fucking drunk. Leave him. Yeah. Fuck that Fuck guy. <laughs> and, and again, Koloth just goes off and be and is a grouch somewhere, which isn't the Koloth I really remember, but I still love him. Oh, yeah, he's older now. That's true. That's well, true. Plus, I have stories, so. Well, but also now, like, you know, he remembers the good old days when the Klingons weren't like Starfleet's little bitch, mm. sort of. So he's probably just kind of <laughs> angry all the fucking time now. Also, he had his son killed, but we'll get well, to yeah, that. Well, yeah, that'll ruin your so Jadzia hears, life, probably. Jadzia hears that, oh, Kor and Koloth are on the station. They're old friends of Curzon's, which means they're friends of mine. Because of course they are. Any friends of any friend of Curzon is a friend of mine. So so Jadzia goes and meets up with Kor and Koloth, and then Kang, whom we've also met before <laughs> in TOS times, also shows up, and, and they're all here together, and they, they meet up with Jadzia, and she's like, look, I'm this person now, but I'm still kind of a little Curzon. On, but I'm still Jadzia, so it's interesting and weird for us. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's especially weird for us because we've tracked down the albino, which is this Klingon asshole type guy who 81 years ago... They Klingon just... asshole type guy. <laughs> well, is he a Klingon? Well, we'll talk about that later. He looked like a Klingon. We'll get to this. 81 years ago, Kor, Koloth, and Kang destroyed the albino's power base because he was rallying power or some kind of thing that he they was, weren't into. He was leading uh, raids on Klingon like colony worlds great and the albino had all three of their first sons infected with a deadly virus and killed them so the three of them have since sought revenge on the albino for the last 80 fucking years or so uh and they finally track down where his base is and they're like we're gonna fucking get this guy we got a blood oath against him we're gonna get him and jizia says i want to help and they're like, Jetsia, you can't help. You don't need to help. Your, your blood oath ended when Curzon died. You do not have to do this. And she's like, 
but I feel like I have to because I was a part of this back when Curzon was alive. I was a part of this with your with all of your families. I was the godfather to Kang's kid who died. Who's named Dax. Who's named Dax after Dax. And I would like to, to be a part of this, please. So Jadzia goes and talks to Kira about how much they love killing things. And Kira's like, wow, I don't want to talk to you about how much I like killing things. This is uncomfortable and weird. Are you thinking about killing someone? And Jadzia's like, yeah, that me. But was it that obvious? <laughs> how could you tell? And Kira's like, wow, well, if you kill someone, it kind of kills a part of you too, you know? And Jadzia was like, oh, that's probably a good point. Jadzia was like, well, that sounds like a load of bullshit. You, you still seem to be into it, so maybe it's all right. And she convinces the three Klingons that, that she should go with them by, like, fighting with them in the holodeck and doing all this thing and, and befriending Kang again and all this stuff. Meanwhile, Sisko comes to Jadzia and says, you know I'm not giving you permission to do this. And she's like, I want to do it anyway, whether you tell me to or whether you give me permission or not. I would just prefer to have permission, please. And he says, absolutely fucking not. Don't make me disobey orders, Benjamin! So she goes and disobeys some orders. I don't like her very much, to be honest. Lol, bye! So she goes with the with the three Klingons, and they go off to, to this planet where, where they find that the albino has this base. And Kang comes up with this plan that's going to get them all killed. And Jadzia says, Kang, why would you want to Kang, between you and me, killed? this is a bad plan. Are you okay with this plan? Because we're going to die if we do this plan. And he says, yes, we're, it's time to die with honor. And she says, but, but... Living with victory would be better than that. Here's my plan. My plan is we live, maybe. And he says, okay, we'll do your plan. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if, uh. If, maybe today know, is a good time to live. Maybe, we, maybe we'll win instead of expect to lose. Jesus, Kang. Not the Kang I remember either, so. Yeah. Wow. Jeez, guy. I guess they're 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 so old that they're like we must do battle and die soon. Otherwise, what will we do with our fucking? I mean, lives? that's pretty much true, especially mm. after they like dishonored their whatever by letting their kids get. I know how murderated. How often do Klingons live as long as these guys have? Uh, never, yeah. never before in the series. I don't think. <laughs> no, they all die really young, and of stupid shit, and of bad <laughs> plans. It's usually pointless battles. Yeah. With people. yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, like, I guess we've died now. I swore a blood oath against the Klingon chef. <laughs> well, I think what it is, most of them, like, if they get to a certain age, they just go, like, well, fuck, I'm gonna go pointlessly die in a yeah. dumb fight, so I die a warrior. Yeah. It'd, it'd be kind of cool if, like... Someone does a, the scream at me. Yeah, it'd be cool if they did, like, a history of, like, fighting for lost causes as a way to, like, end themselves no such thing as a pyrrhic victory in klingon worlds mm. yeah. you either win or you die with honor all right let yeah. me finish this up we're, yes. we're almost Sorry. there we're, so we're at the planet jensia finds this way that di that um disarm disables all of the disruptors on the planet including their own but you know what now we're on even footing because we can use our bat lifts and our, and our fists and we go through this really, really long fucking fight scene in which Jadzia does the whole uppercut thing with the Batleth about 50 fucking times <laughs> because they had no fucking creativity with what to do with her. Well, it's also just a ideological weapon. True. I thought watching Koloff doing his... Uh... Calisthenics? Yeah, was awful. I was like, oh, Aww. honey, you're I, old. I, I love thought, you, but yeah. you're old and it looks awkward. I thought that was on purpose. Oh really? Aww, He's such a sweet. So. It wasn't. It didn't even feel like. It didn't feel like I'm old, so this is difficult. It felt like I'm a human being that's never actually yeah. done a Klingon thing because I'm a human being. So why would I know how to use a bat left? 
Anyway, sorry, we, we Almost interrupted Ames. And also yeah. I'm old. So then, oh, sorry, Speak, Ames, Jesus. Speaking of Koloth, whoops, he dies. No. Sorry, Koloth. Speaking of Kang, whoops, he dies! Jesus Christ, Kang! Uh, but Kang takes the albino down with him, whilst Jedzia has him kind of distracted while she's wondering, oh god, I don't think I can kill this guy. Which was nice, <laughs> that, worked, that worked out in her favor. Oh good, I don't have to, thank god. Uh, but then Kang dies, and then Kor is still here, he's like, oh, I'm injured, but I guess I'll live. Sure. And then they, they've, they've defeated everybody, yay! Victory! Kapla! No one does the death yell for their friends. I also oh, noticed yeah. it was what pissed. What the fuck? I was really assholes. Mad. I was super mad. Aww. Very angry. Jadzia goes home and and Cisco gives her a look, but I guess she's okay. I liked that ending, but I don't think it's she's not okay. Like that the ending is she, is, she, is she not in trouble? No. So I I well. I feel like we should talk about the ending after we talk okay. about well, not ending. Let's talk about the ending. <laughs> no. It's so weird because like. To see them all with headridges. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, yeah. cause especially especially Koloff and um, the leader. Kang. Kang. They have such distinct voices mm. that like right away, like, oh God, I can see you in my mind what you used to look like in the show. Oh yeah. So now it's like, but now you're a new Klingon, but it's still you. And this you have is so weird. much more hair. Yes. I do like that apparently the actors, when they showed up, oh, yeah. when they showed up, they were like, okay, let's do the makeup. And then when they realized they had to get like the Klingon makeup, the modern Klingon makeup, yeah. they're like, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> like they thought they were going to get the old style Star Trek yeah, makeup. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the producers, they had like a long debate about, okay, do we put them in the old makeup, which you've seen these actors do? Or do we do the new makeup, which will make sense in the world? And if we do do the the, the new makeup, do we address it? Yeah. And they're like, no, we can't possibly address it. Yeah. It'll make no fucking sense. We'll address it someday in another episode because we're fools. Well, it's just changing. We already talked about this. It's just changing fashion, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I fine. think I think they said to the actors, oh, yeah, it's because you're older. Yup. Yeah. And they're just like, okay. That, yeah, I, oh man, I don't know like what the best a- answer would have been. It would have been kind of funny if they were just 60s bronzer Klingons. And no, I'm glad they weren't. I'm I, mean, they were. I, I mean, I think I'm glad it's too. It's more impressive but it, and it's yeah. more, it, it, you know, you, you can see more Klingoniness in them this way. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, I, I went back and I rewatched all three episodes that feature these guys from TOS. So I re- went and rewatched. Trouble with Tribbles, I went and we watched Aaron of Mercy, and I, we watched Day of the Dove this past week. Oh, Day of the Dove is rougher than I remember. <laughs> I say, is that why you're not feeling well? You just make yourself sick on Star, Might Star Trek? Might be. Also, there's so much less of Koloth than I thought there was in yeah. Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, he's barely It's in it. really a fucking shame. But he looks nothing like a Klingon. No, like the way and he we acts know nothing them, like a Klingon. No, he's just a dude who, again, I think they have bronzer. They yeah. didn't really... He didn't even have that much bronzer as compared to the other two. No, no. Well, because they came later. He was like a first season yeah. Klingon. And I don't think we saw the other two until... Well, no, actually, I guess we might have seen Kor. Kor was the first, first one we met. Oh, okay, okay. Kor is the first Klingon we we, we ever saw in, um, on TOS. Okay. And Trouble with Tribbles was season two. I didn't actually know oh, yeah, that they were... Oh, yeah, it was, because it was Chekhov was in it. Sorry, <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah. I didn't know they were returning, so that, that was kind of cool. To oh, really? Yeah. You've never seen them before? No, I've yeah, they had seen to... a handful there of was the original originally, series. Yeah, the writer originally was just planning on three rando characters, like new, entirely new characters, until somebody, writers or somebody, ca- yeah. comes to him and says, hey, you know, we, we could just use Klingons that we've seen before. Yeah. From TOS, we're pretty sure they're still all alive. Uh, and they tracked down uh, Colicos and, and Sara pretty quick, and they're like, where the fuck is William Campbell? 
where the fuck is this guy? And they finally found him doing Star Trek cruises. Oh, no. They're like, oh, he's been right here yeah. this whole time. Wow. Which is exactly the story you told me earlier. That's so funny. Chris was like, you know, Ames has probably got this information, but <laughs> let me tell you about this thing. And Stop I was doing like, my research for me, Chris. I mean, I, I normally don't, but this episode was just... Actually, I was mostly looking to see if, as I suspected, the exterior of the um, Albino's compound was a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Oh, yeah. Those do stand out. Mm. But yeah, no, it was just so fun. It's like, wow, it's all these guys, and it's still obviously them, but they're a little different now, and oh, it's weird. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they convinced Calico, who's the one who played Core, because he, he reads it and he says, why am I just a kind of a belligerent drunk? That's mm. not, it's not all like my original character. I'm supposed to be this, you know, really foolhardy, gung-ho, fight-em-up kind of guy. And, and now, you know, who the fuck am I? And they're like, no, 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 no. By, like, you're going to have such a turn at the end. And how about if you're the one that lives? And he's like, yeah. okay, that. <laughs> yeah, I like That's that. what I want. <laughs> I want to be the one that lives, please. I, I did like that the actors cared enough. You know, yeah. about, like, the legacy of, like, you know, the one episode that they did. But, yeah. Like, well, no, he a, showed up enough. a couple times, didn't he? No, I don't think he did. Oh, really? Yeah, I think... The, did I think... Kang show up a few times? No. Didn't one of these guys show up a few times? No. I know Koloth didn't. Koloth was a one-off, I think sadly. technically one of them appeared twice oh, in but it was that a different Klingon? it was TAS. Oh, okay. And they and were voiced, voiced by Dewey. Oh, yeah. it was. It was Ke- It was Kor. Ko- no, Koloth. No, it wasn't Koloth. Koloth was in... Uh, more Tribbles, More Troubles. Oh, that's more unfortunate. Tribbles. That oh, maybe two of them did. I thought Serena O. Jones was... No. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't remember Koloth turning up. I thought we saw Kor again. We definitely Kor saw Koloth. Kor being the Fu Manchu one. I don't right. remember seeing Kor again. I, I specifically wrong. remember I, seeing Koloth again. I could be wrong. I believe you. I don't know. But either way, yeah. like the, the One of them did appear at least twice, but again... It was TAS, yeah. doesn't really count. I know they kept hoping to use more of Core in TOS, but kept not being able to secure John Colicos. Oh, I see. I thought they, their acting was really good. They were awesome. They were yeah. cool guys. I don't know. I, I, I meant to check, and then I forgot to check to see how old they all were during the time of filming. They like they they had all passed away by like 2003 or something like that. Oh. Like pretty, pretty soon afterward. I mean, they were up there, apparently. I, I mm. That's wicked sad. Yeah. But yeah, no, Thanks, I thought, James. it's like, you're welcome. No, it's like, I thought, like, it was just really fun, good acting. It was a really good Klingon episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's lo- it's also really lovely to see Jadzia do something very Klingon-y. Because we saw, we saw her, what, last week doing some Klingon opera with the with that fucking restaurateur. Our, our best Klingon friend, the restaurateur. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels like often Jadzia, like, they pay lip service to her being all of these things and like knowing all of these things oh, yeah. but this Having was one all of, the, of these lives yeah it's like but this was one of the first examples of her like just actually being what they say she is which well, i enjoyed a lot and there was a nice touch with that where it's like she's talking setting up so they can disable the weapons and you're like is that possible it's like well i mean if curzon was here no yeah <laughs> but i'm here <laughs> I'm, I'm not a science officer yeah. or whatever she said. No, and there's there's also that fantastic moment where, um, oh, what's the line? I have it like right here, actually. Blah 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 blah. Oh, uh, Curzon, my beloved old friend, and oh, yeah. she says, "I'm Jadzia now," and he says, "Jadzia, Jadzia my, my beloved, beloved old friend. friend," and like doesn't skip a beat. Like I and, also wrote that down as my first. Yeah, note. and it's that's just awesome. And like there's a, there's a lot of things in here that like actually kind of point to Jedzia having like gender fluidity and things being mm-hmm. like you know it's like I hope you embrace me as your brother, 
you know, it's like <laughs> you afterward. are no <laughs> brother. Koloth yeah. laughs at her for being a godfather and a brother. She's yeah, like, no, like, I'm yes, a godfather. Koloth, that like, sounds like that's yeah. what I am. But like having Jadzia play where play this thing where like she, I am more than one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, it's like you know, it's like yes, I I may be you know Jadzia the woman, but I was Kur, you know Kurzan the man that you knew and like were very close to, and like I am both of these things. And those moments were really good. And they actually, they, they, they handled it pretty well in the episode, it seemed like. There was never any specific moment where they're like, you can't do this, you're a girl. You know, it well, was always... Koloth and Kang they were, were both kind of like, you can't go with us, you're a girl, but they went them over. But they never said that it was because it was a girl. It was because, like, you're not Curzon. Yeah, yeah. you're you not know, Curzon. They denied we don't, that. We don't know if you can fight. And then she's like, I can fucking fight. Here's a fucking bat lift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you've become old and feeble. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I loved um, that. But, but yeah, no, it's just like, it's like there are definitely times where they're like, no, you're not Curzon, you're not coming. And eventually they come around to accepting Jadzia as... Dax, you yeah. know, you know, except for Co, who's just totally into it, pretty much right. Yeah, off. right. Yeah, no, he's like, yeah, okay, he's like, he's like, cool. You're Jazzy now. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. so I just double check. Both Core and Koloth showed up in TAS, voiced by Doin. Damn it, Doin. What's he <laughs> doing there? Man, I think they finally like. This is what they've been trying to get at with all these other Jedzia episodes, and they finally the found layers, a way to the layers yeah, that is Jedzia and the yeah. interactions, and they finally figured it out. Yeah, I mean the whole the, the duality of. I have a blood oath as Curzon. Yeah. I am not Curzon, but I'm still Dax. Dax is part of that blood oath, but, you know, I feel like I need to be a part of this, even though it's not emphatically required. Yeah. There was a nice, I I thought there was also a nice inclusion where the Klingons respected the Trill culture. Mm -hmm. Because in Trill culture, the second you're a new, you know, you, you like when you're put into a new host, you're a different person. So you don't, you do not have to, you know, you don't owe anything to anything the previous host said or did or made promises right. for you. Like, right. You're essentially released of all those obligations because you are a new person. I don't know. When we, when, we, when we saw the episode Dax and right. Curzon was, was, you know, thought that he murdered someone, what yeah. the fuck happened in that episode? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Maybe they'll eventually figure it out. I like this version. Yeah. What, who knows what next week we'll have? Who knows what previous weeks had? But I like this version where, you know, it's like, you know, and it was nice that the, the Klingons were, you know, like, no, you don't owe us this. Well, that's just, I think what that the thing is, the issue sort of becomes like every culture will respond to this concept differently. You know, like this guy's culture was like, no, I, I want my vengeance so i am going to say fuck it you're the same person klingons i think it's just for a klingon it's probably easier <laughs> which is you know considering they're a culture that like you can be you can dishonor generations of your family but you've got something that's literally in a way the same being ongoing but they're still just like we're good this is we don't want to this is too fucking complicated we're good you know what you're not it we're boom which seems very klingon when you think about it but yes, Koloth doing his calisthenics. <laughs> I love when he first shows up and Oda says, how did you get in here? I am Koloth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he got in here because the door was wide open. Like, I rewound. His door was just wide <laughs> open. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if that was a mistake. Because I saw that. He's like, how'd you get in here? I'm like, wasn't the door open? I rewound. And like, yeah, no, the door is just 
wide the fuck open. He well, saw that it was open before he sat down. Good luck I solving that. Good luck solving that fucking mystery constable. Seriously. He's a bad detective, guys. <laughs> Normally he's not, but today I think drunk or high or something. Yeah, today he is the bumbling Columbo character for real. You know what it is? It's it's hour fifteen. He's due for a nap. Mm. So how old was Curzon when he died? Because if this was 81 years ago that this thing happened, and, oh, I pres- yeah. and presumably Curzon was around for it. Yeah, it must, Curzon must have been 100 or 120, which isn't ridiculous for Star Trek. Yeah, things. no, that's pretty normal. Mm. And well, plus, I mean, he's a trill, too. We don't know how long. Yeah, we don't know what their deal is. Five years. Yep. Accurate. Like, we know we know that, <laughs> I mean, the oldest we've seen canonically, as far as humans go, is McCoy. At 120-ish. Yeah. And that's just because he was too stubborn to die. <laughs> that obstinate fucker. I love him. Love but him. then, yeah, aside from that, like, you've mostly seen alien races, and they just, in general, seem to have, like, making it to about 200 is a non-issue for a lot of them, it seems. Yeah. Just like, yeah, no, of course they're still alive. But, so yeah, we don't know how, how Trill... And I wonder, too, like, if they ever established, like, a joined Trill lives longer than a non-joined because there's some extra biological oomph there. Or do they live not as long because they're getting sapped by a right, worm. because they get used up. Like yeah. a non-joined trill lives to 300, but a joined trill only makes it to 200. Also because Dax keeps sleeping around and getting STDs. Yes. I can, God, probably give Kirk a run for his money on the, like, Yikes, count. yeah, too true. Kirk really didn't fuck that much. No, but he made it for lost time in the movies. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say that. Fair enough. Fine. Yes, I we... really liked the discussion between Jadzia and Kira. It was Which... good girl talk. It, was... <laughs> it passed, it passed, it passed the, the Bechdel, Bechdel test. test. Yeah. Fuck the Bechdel test. Yeah, I mean, it's not a perfect test. Yeah, it's not, it's not like... But it is a really nice, it is a really nice low bar that still somehow is missed all the time. It's because it's not a bar that absolutely needs to be required, but okay. I know, Ames. We, you hate women, we know. I do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I did I did really like... So So this actually plays into something my friend pointed out to me. Um, is that Gen Zia basically has every reason to not do this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely every reason. Constantly. Oh, yeah. Like, the people the people she's trying to help are saying, you don't need to do this. Yeah. Um, saying Cisco you're, you're is saying, done. Cisco is saying, you made an oath to the Federation, you shouldn't be doing we this. We will fire you. Kira you says, Kira says, killing people takes something away from you, and literally says nothing positive about it, even though, you know, she was killing for a good cause. Mm. Like, and it's, it is... I think really interesting that like so there was no good real reason to do it but still there was something about it was like a confluence between Jadzia, Curzon, and Dax's like personalities that kind of pushed her to have to do it but it was like it was all internal like there was no external forces being like you need to do this yeah like there's absolutely like a way you could have imagined this episode where the three Klingons show up and then try to force Jadzia to follow a blood oath Curzon made yeah like and you could have easily have you know treated the script that way but they don't no i'm very very glad they went yeah that would have been been a way worse episode (laughs) right but like it's like you could definitely see that being a star trek oh yeah i mean basically i mean they did it with dax they could have been like let's just rehash dax and like yeah yeah but this episode they give jedzia the power to make her own decision right finally which is which is fucking great and and she's the one that has to convince each of these other klingons 
and Kira and failing to convince Cisco yeah. that I think I should do this. I think I want to I want to come with you. I think I'm still the kind of person who can do this. And she has to, and I don't know how much she convinces herself. Like, oh God, I'm going, I could I, die yeah. because Kang is an idiot. Damn it, <laughs> Kang. I don't super get why Benjamin was being such an asshole about it. Because you can't let your officers go off to murder somebody. So you just don't tell him why you're going. She wasn't going to lie to him. <laughs> Uh, I think she out. was just going to leave. I, no, no, she no, said she was going to drop by first. Right, but she might have just said, can I have a leave of absence for like a week? And he might have been like, To murder Kay? someone? No. Well, again, she didn't have to tell him she was going to murder someone. Did Jadzia tell him or did Kira, no, Kira tell told him? Kira him. Yeah. Yeah. She, wasn't, she wasn't going to tell no, yeah, him. No, yeah, Kira told him, but she, well, she did say she was going to go and request leave of absence. Right, we don't but know she, what was she was never going to say, because I'm going to go murder an albino. Although he might have put two and two together. Even if, you know, she, yeah. like, she was like, I'd like a leave of absence. Have anything to do with those three Klingons you've been hanging out with? And I remember weird... Curzon telling me that story and that, about the Blood Oath. And that really loud conversation you had with Kira about killing people and yeah. what it felt like. Yeah, weren't so, they just in the middle of ops having this conversation? They, got, they, they, they pulled off. Kira pulled her aside to, you know, the, the it's corner. It's a big cavernous yeah, room. Everyone no, can hear everything it, in there. It, in, in, show, in show shorthand, yeah. they were in private, but they were not in private. Like, O'Brien was literally just in, like, a little divot below them working, like, listening in, like, oh, well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, and so I think, and so along with the, you know, the idea that like she had every good reason not to do this, I really like the end of this episode mm. because it's just, so, so there's a specific moment Cisco says where it's like, so you think you can just leave, you, you can leave and just come back like nothing happened. Worf did. Um, I know. <laughs> Worf went and killed Duras and then showed yeah. right back up and said, Picard, I'm back. Yeah. Hi. But, but, um, you know, it's like, but Cisco like makes that point and I, f- I really like the end of the episode where the, the last shot is Kira walking onto, onto ops and you see Cisco and, or Jadzia walking onto ops and you see Cisco and Kira just look over at her and, it's, they don't say anything. There's no moralizing. They don't make a big point. They don't say, oh, this was the right thing to do. Instead, it's Jadzia showing up to work like nothing happened. But you can tell that Jadzia is not really great. She's not doing quite okay with the fact that, you know, it's like she basically got some, you know, it's like assisted in someone dying. Cisco is visibly disappointed yeah. and Kira looks sad. Yeah, it's also that she's, she disappointed Cisco, which I think yeah. is another major element of it. It's like, I did what I thought I had to do, which was not what you yeah. wanted me to do. And I'll understand that you fucking hate me for a while. Yeah, but it's just it's just such a good way to end the episode because they don't justify it. They don't say it was wrong. They don't say it was right. And they just show silently like what you did has an impact, you know. And I, I, I really like that for the ending of the show because a lot of Star Trek episodes would have some overarching moral oh, yeah. argument they would make at the last second. It's okay to kill Duras because Duras fucking sucks. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, except that is true. None of us yeah. like Duras. No, fuck him. But yeah, instead it's just it's just a quiet moment and I think that speaks to things that the show will continue to do that are different from main, you know, mainline Star Trek, you know, typical episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I am cold off. <laughs> I'm co- I'm co, core core I'm core, core is my favorite. The albino was a jerk. He was. Yeah, I wish we. I, I didn't really get ever get a a sense of what his deal was, other than he is a bad guy. 
He's yep. a bad guy. And that is yeah. all you need to know. Yep. Yeah, he's a pirate. And he was not prepared for any of this. <laughs> no, not really. I well, he thought he was just going to murder three people. Yeah, he thought they were going to show up, knock on his door, and he was going to complode them. Yeah, everyone was going to have guns trained and explosives ready. and They and were going to get to go out in a blaze of glory. and. There, I've given you an honorable death. Now Fuck leave off. me alone. My thought was... Live in my Frank Lloyd Wright house. <laughs> Uh, my thought was, fine, fucking albino is evil yet again, because uh, yeah, that's, that's such a fucking thing. Yeah. And my second thought was, I wonder if they made the Klingon in Discovery an albino as some kind of weird homage. They're not related at all, but I, I was thinking about it. I feel like great... Oh, great. Fuck my life. Jake. I feel like Jake would have a great tinfoil hat about this, but I don't know how it would come together. I'm pretty sure until it was revealed what was actually going on with Vogue, Jake was oh. thinking maybe that was supposed to be the albino. Oh, really? I know. Oh, I, would, I, would, I, I feel like I remember him too. saying that. It's a lot uh, of Also, I, I, I did do a quick skim of, of his Memory Alpha article. Um, Who's? The albino. Ah. Uh, canonically, his species is not defined. Oh. Um, I assumed it was a Klingon. He looked like well, a Klingon. So there was a moment where he says, don't let those filthy Klingons in here. Yeah, so. that's the thing. He referred... Well, yeah, but, I know, but... but because Kling- well, I think it was like... Klingons are filthy. That Klingon trash. Like, yeah. That Klingon trash is yeah. what he said. I was definitely under the impression, like, this wasn't just him being like, these are trashy members of my species. It's like, this is that trash species that I hate. Especially- I don't know. I, I've called people human garbage. Well, yeah, but it's the I same. It's the same thing. Feelings, well, you know what you did. Also, his, his <laughs> although he has a weird sort of lumpy deserve. forehead, it's not quite. No, I would never call you human garbage. It's not the same kind of lump, and his nose is not a Klingon nose. It's like, yeah, well, they they, they, they didn't do almost anything to establish anything about his character. He I wasn't important. He was a MacGuffin. Yeah, and I'm less impressed than about that. In yeah. in the novels, he was in fact established to be a fucked up Klingon. Funny. But novels don't count. Yeah. And for some reason, albino, because albinos are evil. Yes. Always. I mean, there's Simon. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my best friends is an albino. He's awesome. And evil. And evil. <laughs> and evil. He, he keeps killing the firstborns of all my Klingon I friends. I just can't stay mad at him, but he's killed so many of my firstborns. <laughs> <laughs> so none of the Daxes have killed before. Oh, they must have. I figured it was just Jadzia had never killed before. And well, it wasn't sounded like it, it sounded like Curzon hadn't. Oh, because maybe. I think I think they were forming it as Curzon would never do something like this or something like that. They said Curzon would totally do something. He was a jerk. Yeah, I, yeah but he wasn't a murderous jerk. He was more a lecherous jerk. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a non-zero chance that other Daxes have killed, but maybe in more in. I mean. Curzon was in Starfleet. This is so also like, a super intimate killing. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's what yeah, I'm about to get to. That, what I think, it's not necessarily that they haven't killed before. It's that it's never been like this. Mm-hmm. And that's even like... Premeditated. Because here's the too. thing. During the whole big fight scene, Jadzia was <laughs> fucking hacking down, you know, nameless, faceless soldiers left and right. The issue became when he put down the weapon and was like, kill me in cold blood! Yeah, yeah. can't, can ya? That's where it, she faltered. Now, was she knocking them out, or was she killing them? I'm pretty sure she was killing them. There they, were a bunch I assume yeah. she knocked out. I think they that... only showed her knocking someone out, and then the other was kind of an out-of-frame fighting that you couldn't really tell if she was even using the sharp end of 
Yeah, I know they, they give themselves a lot of... They gave themselves so much time with all the fight choreography and stuff and all the violence on this episode. They give themselves two whole days of, of fighting in this fucking house. I actually thought the fighting was pretty good for, for Star good. Trek. A lot, yeah, a lot of the close-up yeah, stuff, good. like when it was literally that same batleth moving upwards yeah that, that they yeah. did i swear 20 times i mean they just they love that move the, the, it's a good move once yeah please stop doing nothing but that move <laughs> well I mean, we've already seen it how many times in tng for fuck's sake before this episode how many times probably at least 20 <laughs> at least <laughs> but yeah overall like i didn't notice that as much but yeah it was a good clusterfuck it was a it was a pretty big fight in a relatively small space too when you think about it like that was not a huge set and there were a lot of people in there like that must have been a fucking nightmare to choreograph oh yeah it was a lot of work it sounded like it paid off i think well plus you're especially because you're working with well actually did the three old dudes do like any or a lot of their own fight stuff no idea i don't Mm -hmm. know i was gonna say because i feel like you want to take it easy when you're working with Aged well, yeah. actors. Yeah, you only only do the really close up stuff with them and just put anybody in a whole bunch of makeup and a wig. Yeah. Older actors who are like dying under all that fucking latex. Yeah, I think I think there was a quote from one of the actors who was like, I haven't worked in six years. This yeah. <laughs> like and then he was thrown into like heavily prosthetic Star Trek episodes. Well it's, it's not just the prosthetics too, but like none of them had like a light costume. No, the co- the costumes are really good. Koloth like was the... in the full fucking Star Trek three gear. Kor, the, the drunk? Yeah. Kor was in fucking piles of furs. <laughs> and then Kang similarly, just really all heavy clothes. Jedzia had her like Klingon light outfit, which I thought was just delightful. Oh, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. Good. That yeah, was that a was cool a good outfit. The, the, like the darkness of the, of the top area and the darkness of her hair looked really nice yep. together. Like, yeah. She looked good. Yeah. This was a good episode. You it should was. watch it if you haven't. <laughs> If you haven't, why are you listening to this? Some people, some people like to get information secondhand from entertaining people like me. Sure, Jake. <laughs> there was a great, great line. I forget which one of them said it. It was, uh, "Look upon your executioners, killer of children." Oh yeah, loved so that it's line. I want to give. I want to give it to Kang because I feel like the, the Kang is kind of like the leader. Yeah, said I think that. it might have been. Yeah, it was really yeah dude, that's how you should walk through every door. <laughs> I am cola. <laughs> just, I just, yeah. I just go into the cheesecake factory. Look upon your executioner, killer of children. Table for two. Killer please. of cheesecakes. <laughs> mm. Oh man, I want a cheesecake. Same. Fuck you guys. Every time I walk into a public bathroom, Ooh, just no. That sounds right. Look upon your executioner, killer of children. I was trying to figure out, so so did Kang assemble them all together at Deep Space Nine to find Dax? I read a couple synopses that, that was unclear, like, because they didn't know that Dax was Jadzia. Did they still think it was Curzon? I think they did. So okay. there is a line where Jadzia says, they came here to tell me. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like they had no idea that she was around at the at the beginning. So it seemed like for the first chunk of the episode, it was because they were using Deep Space Nine as a meeting point to go to this, you know, to go to this planet. Hmm. Um, and it was just where they could meet up. And then later, it kind of, it was implied that they went specifically for Dax to let Dax know. Right. We found the, the albino. You're still in on this, right? right? But, like, how... Oh, wait, you're not Curzon? How, how could they have not known that? 
I don't know. And still found, like, they would have been like, you know, it's like, oh, it's Jed. Because, like, they had no idea about Jadzia. So they, but in order to find Jadzia, they would have had to look for Jadzia, which yeah. means they would have needed to know about Jadzia. Maybe their magic blood oath best friends forever bracelets lit up when they <laughs> sensed the presence of Dax and it's were like, oh. very possible. So, uh, yeah, and they I think... Didn't, they didn't seem to know that Curzon had died, which is a little mm, sad considering right. they, were, they were such good friends. Yeah. I mean, I could see them just having, like, kind of, you know, after 80 years, you know, like, having fallen out of touch. But, yeah, that's that just seems strange. I, I still feel like, you know, especially, like, they would have wanted to know, like, did Curzon die in battle? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, nope, he died on a hospital mm-hmm. bed being pumped full of drugs. Yep. He's having, like, having his worm ripped out of his stomach and shoved into me. I remember both sides. <laughs> Gross. But yeah, so so that that part I, I think was not properly established ultimately. Yeah, that, which is, that quite confused me. But it's like, that's like, it feels like that's the misstep of the episode and like that's so minor. Like. Yeah, compared to some of the doozies we've seen. Oh, yeah. truth. Hard yes. truth. No, this is this is the Dax episode I think we've been waiting for. Right. Yeah. After is... after many many attempts at being like, but this doesn't teach us anything about Dax. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Finally, a Dax episode. Finally, she's here. Finally the first Dax, Dax episode, episode ever. You know, it only took though what two and a half seasons. No, this is season two. One and a half. One and a half seasons. Yeah. We didn't get a single Beverly episode in seven of TNG, so she's Remember doing me better was than. Good. That's true, but that's still not oh, come like. Come on, Sub Rosa was about <laughs> like, Beverly. It was a good episode, but I mean, when you think about like knowing anything about her as a person outside of "I'm a mother" and may or may not have feelings for Jean Luc. Sub Rosa, then. No, I said Sub Rosa. That's what. That's I what. I, that's that. what I'm saying. Definitely Sub Rosa. If you no. want to know more about about Beverly, Sub Beverly, Beverly. Beverly. <laughs> Beverly, <laughs> then Sub Rosa is your episode. Mm. You On the other hand, what Beverly's into? Yeah, better attached, which is also garbage. I remember that one. Attached. Oh, where her and Picard, Picard have like psychic. Like, pa- oh, linked, God. At, linked at the brain. No, well, you're allowed to be wrong. It was cute. It was cute. Uh, anything else on this? Still sad there was no death yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah that no would death yell. Really nice. But as Chris pointed out, there was a song. Yeah, at least of course sang them a song. Still, Jed, Jedzia, and Cora doing a dance. Oh. Yeah, that would be good. Would you know why they fun. didn't do it? Because it looks fucking stupid. That's why. And yeah. Because everyone fucking probably. <laughs> I mean, we made fun of it certainly when Worf did it. I can't imagine anybody back when this was originally on was like, "Oh, what a great move that was." No. Oh, you know what this episode does establish is that Curzon Dax opened the door to peace with the Klingons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thought... Didn't see that coming. Thought that had been Sarah doing, but okay. I loved, I loved, I love that Curzon, in order to, in order to open peace negotiations, walked into, walked into the meetings. Kang was giving this long-winded speech, and Curzon just walked out on it. Yep. Like literally, just turned his back and walked away. Yeah. You should have seen your face. Yeah. (laughs) Kang was like, "I almost killed you." I know. I was, I was this close. It's like, no, it's like, I had to make you mad so that we would share a bond because like, Klingons are ridiculous. It's like a Vulcan hello. You just have to be a dick to someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, that's how a power move works, Jellico. You bad mouth my Jellico. Mm. He's going to show up slightly late to this meeting and that's a power move. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh. going to stand with his arms akimbo to show he's making he's, a dominant... He's, uh, he's going to show up in episode stance. nine of Picard as captain of the Enterprise F. I'm here for it. One, I would fucking love that. One line and then I'm done. Okay. Um, Jadzia has the line where it says, you treat death like a lover. 
Mm, and that one. is an incredibly cool way to describe like the Klingon's attitude. Oh yeah, because they fucking love dying so right. much. Yeah, they're like it's like no, it's, it's their like, favorite thing. I know. So I'm and so you know, pumped. They, Finally, they would have appreciated the line too because it's very poetic. And yeah, you know how they right. love their poetry. And they're mm-hmm. Shakespeare. That's it. Like they're like literally no one knows how long a Klingon could live because no Klingon has not been killed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they died of natural causes. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. You, you must mean a bear trap, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you mean by natural causes, right? Yeah, it's like so. Like a tree fell on him. <laughs> Was he at least battling the tree? <laughs> I know we've already moved on from this episode, but if we're if we're done with whatever this one's called, Blood Oath. Blood Oath I'd like to read you my notes from Profit and Loss as mm. a poem. As a poem? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh boy. What is this? It's sort of like haiku, except not at all like haiku. Cardassian terrorists. Quark's true love. Some kind of neck umox. <laughs> sexy, sexy Quark. Derek, you bad, bad man. The end. I love it! I love it so much! Some kind of neck With that, we are not topping that, so you should just. It's killing me! Oh no, Ames is Uh oh. Uh oh. Ames is It's actually die. killing Oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> you are too funny! Oh, damn, Caitlin. I'm sorry, Ames. <laughs> I'm okay now. Oh. oh. <laughs> is that your voice now? This is how I live. Oh, <laughs> Good thing this episode's pretty well, much over. If you liked uh, that episode and you want to see if Ames lives, uh, <laughs> you can find a star to steer her by. We're all fine podcasts. are sold. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook. By searching for a star to steer her by, or you can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are at SSHB Podcast. You can also go to our website in scare quotes, which is SSHBpodcast.com, but which is really just a link to our Tumblr that redirects automatically to our Tumblr. But whatever, it's It's fucking great and you should check it out because we've written fan fiction and Ames, Jake, and Chris have all written fun articles about things like ship aesthetics. And Evil Admirals, and you wrote a good one, and I can't think of the one. What's uh, one you wrote? The Wesley sweater one was good. Oh, yes! <laughs> Wesley's fucking sweaters. So this, uh, and uh, next week we'll be uh, watching two more episodes of Deep Space Nine. The Maquis. 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 Sure. French. Dead language. Um, the Maquis, part one and two. And assuming Jake hasn't died, probably Rossi won't be back, but if Jake doesn't make it, James. I'm Jake. Yeah, it might be you just forever now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. Woo! Rule of Acquisition 112. Never sleep with the boss's sister. Where have we been? What? What's your oh, fuck! I'm Caitlin! Yay. Yay! I'm James. This is Chris. And this is sometimes Ames. Bye! 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 See those stupid commercials? Please stop recording so I can cough. <laughs>
Try to really lay claim to the whole Jake thing. I'm Jake. I'm Jake. Oh God! You just—they wake up in the middle of the night. You're prancing around the room wearing his clothes. It's me, Jake. (laughs) Jesus, show up at work. (laughs) I don't know what any of this work is. Mm. I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops! It's like you're doing a wharf instead of a Jake. No, that is. I don't know. It sounds just like Jake. (laughs) It's like Jake's dad's voice. No, that's not what I'm that doing is. Jake's dad's voice. Even no. Arm. It is closer to what Jake does for his dad's voice when yeah. oh, there's so much more than there, there is, but I mean it's closer to that than it is to Jake. Yikes. Like if I had to say what is Rossi impersonating, I'd say he's impersonating Jake's impression of his dad. I'm Jake's dad. As opposed to impersonating Jake. You're a better person, James, than Jake. That's <laughs> Awful. Why would Jake's dad say that? I am... No, why would Jake as Jake's dad say that? <laughs> I am a madman. <laughs> Jake's dad. Oh, dear. All right, let's, uh, let's settle Oh, that was recording. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> of course that was recorded. Oh, yeah. No, I, didn't, all I didn't think we were recording. Oh, yeah, no, no. I am not... Back, back for Jake. Not deleting... Any of that, but luckily Jake doesn't listen to the episodes, so you're safe. You might have to listen to these because he still hasn't been here for. He won't know of our hot takes. Mm. 